Uh, Today we're looking at a call to prayer and fasting. So uh, up here on the screen, humble is what we have come to call the week of uh, prayer and fasting. 14 years we've done a week of prayer and fasting. This is the 14th year. 28 years we've had a Saturday night prayer meeting here at the church. For 28 years, life has pulsed out of that Saturday night prayer meeting and grown to everyday prayer meetings. And um, in a couple weeks here, as you have your card, Humble, uh, the date's 22nd to the 28th. That Saturday night, we're going to celebrate not only the end of 14 years of prayer and fasting, but we're going to celebrate 28 years of prayer meeting. So as you are asking yourself, and I want you to ask yourself today, Uh, okay, what's going on here at the church? Maybe you're newer to the church uh, and you're trying to figure out what this humble is, what this week of prayer and fasting is. Uh, We're going to talk about it today and I want you to be asking the Lord what it's to look like for you. Will, Will you be part of it? Will you be part of your church fasting and praying, and, and why would you be part of it, and what does it mean to uh, fast and pray? And, and as, as we have the title up here, I re- really sense uh, that my role is to call you, to call you to pray and to call you to fast. Uh, that, that call is on my life to call our city. Many churches in our city now are fasting and praying. Many churches in our state from Astoria or Astoria, I always say Astoria, Astoria, lived here long enough. I should be able to say it right. From Astoria down to Ashland, from Prineville to Newport, there are many churches now that are fasting and praying. Many of our missionaries around the world will join us. Other churches around the United States are joining us. But this is a a morning to call you. And uh, if you're listening online, um, to call you to prayer and fasting. And let's just talk about uh, what this week of humble is. As you got your card, it says, Lord, teach us to pray. So that's really interesting to this year because this is where we're at in the scriptures. Luke 11, we're going through the book of Luke. The next two weeks, we have some of the best teachings in the New Testament on prayer. So we're going to get a soak in those the next two weeks as we go uh, to the week of prayer and fasting. But uh, this, this week, I just sense in my heart that There needs to be a call to prayer and fasting. So let's just go through this together. When we're talking about a call to prayer and fasting, let's let's look first at who, and let's look at all the people in the Bible. It might surprise you how much we read about fasting. And you know what's interesting is the church doesn't really fast. It's like it's forgotten. It's a forgotten, powerful weapon. Most Christians don't fast. Most churches, your whole life you'll be there, you'll never hear a teaching on fasting. And it's so, so powerful. Moses fasted when God gave him the Ten Commandments. David, over and over and over again, and we can pull that up, we can go away from the who, and we'll just pull up some of the who's. Moses fasted, and by the way, don't try to write all this down. On our app, on our website, you can find the message, and you'll find all the notes, and I actually want you from this message to go get all the notes, and I want you to look at it for yourself. So when we're talking about fasting, Moses fasted, David fasted. Look what David said. All throughout his life, he fasted, but interesting, what do we call our week? 
It comes from many different passages. David said, I humbled myself with fasting. It's the way we humble ourselves before God. Listen to what Jehoshaphat, and uh, uh, we read of, in Jehoshaphat, it's a corporate fast. So there's a difference between you deciding I'm going to fast, and you say, Rob, I'm still not sure I understand even what fasting is. That's okay. Stay with us. We're going to get there. But there's such thing as a personal fast, and then like David's talking about, and then there's corporate fasts where communities of people fast. And again, I, I think just to put this through us uh, or before us afresh, I want you to be asking, am I going to be part of it? Would I benefit? Is there a need in my life to fast? Are, are, you, are you willing to ask that and think through that um, as we go through this this morning? I hope you are. I, I hope those of you that right now you're like, yeah, I didn't even know it was coming up and I don't even know what it is. I hope this morning really the Lord talks to you. I, I, I pray those of you that like it's not on your plan to be part of it right now. You're like, what, a week long of praying and fasting like that? Like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. Well, maybe it's supposed to happen. I hope you could hear that if, it, if it's supposed to happen for you. Listen to what Chronicles 23 and 4 says. Jehoshaphat, these three nations, greater and mightier than Judah, were coming against Jerusalem. And Jehoshaphat feared we, we fear sometimes, so we need to do what Jehoshaphat did. He set himself to seek the Lord. That's good. What do we do when we fear? Get, find somewhere you can seek the Lord. Privately, along with your church, prayer meeting, a walk. But he also proclaimed a fast. This is a corporate fast throughout all Judah. So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. Maybe you're in a season in life that... This would be the perfect week to ask help, to seek the Lord. There's some pretty overwhelming things coming against you. And I love this prayer that uh, they, they pray, uh, Jehoshaphat prays while he's fasting. Second Chronicles 20, 12. I, I probably pray this prayer. I don't know even know if a week goes by in my life that I don't pray this prayer. Oh, our God, will you not judge them? Well, that, that's not the part I pray. <laughs> but keep reading. For we have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us. This is me. Every week of my life, it seems like, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. I wonder if what you're going through, if you didn't take this week, you know, the, uh, the humble week, it's really like a retreat here at the church. And it's free, it doesn't cost anything because there's no food, <laughs> right? It's a free retreat, and it is the most incredible thing. Every morning at 6 a.m. To, to, to arrive and see the long line of red taillights come into the prayer chapel. And for 14 years, the younger generation has just packed in that prayer chapel. It says on the cards we're in here, but uh, we're actually going to be back in the prayer chapel this year. And in the book of Acts, you read of 120 people in the upper room when the Spirit was poured out, and that prayer chapel holds about 120. 
And it is so powerful if you've never been on a Monday morning. And, and of course, that you're going to hear about, too, there's ways you people can join on Zoom. So every morning, every night, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. But uh, how, how powerful to be part of a week of, and you know when we started it, it was a week of fasting. Over the years, God's shown us it's a week of prayer and fasting. It's a week that this entire church presses in in prayer. But what would happen in your life if you spent a whole week, if you could make the time, if you could figure out how you could be part of it, the right, there'll be a right rhythm for you. What God might do in your life if you were here, God, my eyes are upon you. Listen to what Ezra said as you're contemplating this. And, and um, you know, a good group of us, we are planning every night about 400 people here during the week of prayer and fasting. So there's already half this room is already planning on being there. And it's like, what's it going to look like? What does God have for me this year? Listen to what Ezra said. Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava that we might, you say it, so you see, this is going to be repeated over and over again where we come up with this word that God's given us that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and our possessions. I don't know, God, we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do when I get out of college. I don't know what career to take. I don't know if we're supposed to move. I don't know if we're supposed to take that job. I don't know what's right for my kids, my grandkids. We'll fast and pray. And so we fasted to, to find the right way and entreated our God. And look what it says. God was pleased to answer. When people will fast and pray, God will answer. Look at Nehemiah. So it was when I heard these words. Again, we're talking about the who right now. Who do we find? Gosh, we find a lot of fasting in the Bible. Listen to what Nehemiah said. So it was when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned. For many days, I was fasting and praying. I love uh, Nehemiah often calls God the God of heaven, almighty God. Prayer and fasting connects me to the God of heaven. And again, Nehemiah 9.1, later in the book, the children of, the Israel, of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth. That was just a way to just show God that you were just, your life was being stripped. You were hurting. You were uncomfortable. That's what sackcloth is. And with dust on their heads, that's like bowing down. That's like, God, I can't go any lower. The dust is on my head. I'm humbling myself before you. And listen to the revival that was going on during this time. It's a corporate time of fasting and praying. Listen to what it looked like. They stood and confessed their sins. And the iniquities of their fathers, right? What God might do if we were willing to deal with some of the rhythms in our life that aren't good rhythms, that aren't good habits, and we confess it to the Lord. And uh, we read here of this revival, they confess, confess their sins and their the iniquities of their fathers. Like we see stuff in our family lineage that's, that's evil. We need to confess that to God. And they stood up in their place and read from the book of the law of the Lord their God for one-fourth of the day. For another fourth they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God's revival. 
people spending extra time in the word, people spending extra time worshiping, people fasting, people praying, people confessing sin. It's revival. Revival comes corporately when we'll set time aside like this. And again, it's, I think for some it's a question, am I going to be part of this? Or like, yeah, well, there's no way. I can't, there's, I can't be part of any of it. Really? You can't, be, you can't be or you won't be? I don't know. Just, I just ask you to be thinking. And then again, there's others going, yeah, I absolutely am part of it. And this, this actually really helps me because I want all morning long to just be thinking about what it might look like for me. Listen to what Esther said. And uh, one year we'll just spend the whole time talking about Esther as we get ready Esther said, go and gather all the Jews and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days. Anyone ever fasted food and water for three days? Why in the world would you ever do that? Because they were going to be annihilated as a people? Haman had set up an evil law to kill all of the Jews. And what happened when they fasted and prayed? God turned it. And it was Haman who died and not the Jews. Right? It's prayer and fasting turns things. Turns things that are meant for evil against your kids, your family, your church, your city, our country. Right? We fast and we pray. And sometimes there's a place to do what, we'll talk about it later, a complete fast, where there's a period of time we say, I'm not going to eat any food or water. And my maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. Look at Daniel. Now, while I was uh, speaking, praying, and confessing my sin, sounds a lot like Nehemiah, these godly men in the Old Testament, and the sin of my people. We got a lot of problems in our nation. We got a lot of sin in our nation. We confess that to God, it grieves us. I watched a video this week of a homeless woman about 40 in Portland, and she says, this is the greatest state in the country to be homeless in. She goes, they feed us in the morning, we get high. They feed us at lunch, we get high. They feed us dinner, we get high. And she's just laughing, I love living in Portland. Man, we're, we, our, our country is in a sad state. Our state is in a sad state. And so we confess the sin of our, our people. And look what Daniel says. This is very interesting. Uh, Daniel 10.3, as he talks about um, praying and confessing, he says, I, I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So this is a 21-day, what uh, people call a Daniel fast. Daniel worked for the government. He couldn't just not eat. He had to keep working. So this is how he fasted. He just decided instead of living to eat, I'm going to eat to live. I'm just going to get rid of everything I enjoy and I'll just eat the slightest amounts of food to stay alive and stay functioning. But my whole purpose is to seek God. And that might be a way you consider fasting. And listen, as we read on, we'll, and we'll come back and talk about this Daniel fast more in a minute. Daniel 10, 11, Gabriel said to me, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you from the 
first day that you set to, or your heart to understand and to, and to, it's everywhere. This fasting and humbling yourself. And it's interesting from the first day you set your heart, I was sent to you. From the first day, and when he comes to him, the first thing he wants Daniel to know is, oh, Daniel, you're, you're a man greatly beloved of God. I think early on in the fast, that's some of the first things God is going to want you to know is how much he loves you. From the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. Is God even hearing my prayers? Yes, he hears them. And I have come because of your words, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. So as soon as Daniel started fasting, he entered into a battle. Does that surprise you? You know, last night we had the prayer meeting, about 50 people. Beautiful. The, the spirit is starting to already to move as our, our fast now is just two weeks away. I encourage you, start coming to the prayer meetings even now. And I, I was fine. I was great. I, I was just loving the prayer meeting. By the time I got home, my, my throat was sore. That's, that's my, the, my Achilles heel is my throat. And pretty soon I had like phlegm that infection around my throat and I just thought oh great what am I gonna do you know tomorrow morning it's late on Saturday night and and um, and I just I went to bed and I just said Lord I'm just gonna go to bed believing you that I'm gonna be able to preach tomorrow that I'm just gonna go to bed in faith and um, you know I was I had the worst night sleep I, I I can remember the only word that comes to mind is I just feel like I was tormented all night I got in like a ball and chain just beating me all night long. I went into two different bedrooms and tried to sleep. And I don't, I don't think I slept an hour all night long. I, I called Pastor Scott this morning. I said, hey, would you be praying for me? I'm just feeling a little uh, worn out. I, I, if I had a fever this morning, I wasn't going to come. No fever. The sore throat's gone this morning. So just woke up in faith. And I, I asked Scott, would you be praying for me? He goes, yeah, crazy. I was, prayer meeting was great. I went home. Soon as I got home, my heart went into AFib. I couldn't sleep all night. He says, Rob, it was the worst night I think I can ever remember having. And, I, and we just, you know, he just said, I think there's some spiritual warfare going on against us. Now, would that... Would that be strange that we're a church, that you're a person that's going to press in and start asking and start believing that there would be warfare? No, we learn in Daniel that from the very first day he started praying, he was heard, but the warfare started. The enemy is stubborn. He doesn't want to relent. And so you have to endure. It took 21 days. Well, uh, Josiah, we read also, he proclaimed a fast in Jerusalem. That was a corporate fast. The king of Nineveh, uh, in Jonah 3.7, it says he called for a fast that no one would uh, eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. And I love this verse, and cry mightily to God. So fasting and crying mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil ways. Do you know that this was one of the greatest revivals the world has ever seen? 
all of Nineveh, 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 Nineveh repented and turned to God from the king all the way down. What brought that type of revival in society? Fasting and prayer. Again, I, I, I hope you're just asking, should I be part of this? My church has a retreat to pray all week. Am I going to press in? Am I going to be part of it? Will I work all week? Well, could I be part of the Zoom prayer meetings? I'm out, of, I'm out of town. Sure, you could be part of the Zoom and still join in, even if you couldn't be here physically. Again, we'll, we'll just talk about the options in a little bit. Uh, the prophetess Anna is one of my favorites. We could spend a whole week on her when you're getting ready. Uh, she was married as a virgin. She had a husband for seven years. And then she served God in the temple after her husband died for 80 Four years. How does someone serve God faithfully for 84 years after experiencing tragedy? Fastings and prayer. That was the fire in this woman. Fasting and prayer lit a fire in her that endured her entire life. And then there's Jesus. Jesus fasted 40 days, Luke 4, 2. And, of course, we read, uh, we could talk a lot about that, but I want to uh, comment that after fasting 40 days, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. There's a connection between the power of the Holy Spirit and fasting. If you will fast, if you will humble yourself, if you will pray, if you will confess, if you'll turn from your sin, if you'll turn to God... God will pour, God is going to pour out his spirit this week. It's interesting where we're at. I said next week is uh, Lord teach us to prayer, uh, teach, teach us to pray. And we get the greatest prayer in the Bible, the, the Lord's prayer next week. Can't wait. And then the next week before we start the fasting and prayer is if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Fasting and prayer is connected to your life experiencing an outpouring and power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, the disciples failed to pray and fast, like much of the church today. And Jesus told them, they said, well, how come we couldn't cast this demon out? And Jesus told them, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There, there's some warfare that can only be accomplished, some warfare where the enemy can only be defeated through fasting, some stronghold, some resilience that can, it's only fasting that will, will break it. And again, I think it's a weapon that the church, a powerful weapon that the church has um, lost. And how about Cornelius in Acts 10? We read of him praying and fasting and visions. You know, uh, as we have these weeks of prayer and fasting, it's going to be very common that people are going to be seeing visions. They're going to be seeing things the Lord is showing them. Uh, last Thursday night, there was a woman at our prayer meeting, or, or Thursday morning, and she had this uh, a vision of a thermometer. And it had our, as individuals, our thumb on the thermometer. And then it had God's thumb over your thumb. 
And the, the question is, are, are you willing for God to take your temperature? Are you willing to be honest? Are you willing to let God? I think this is a week that God wants to take our temperature. And it's kind of interesting because in the world, everything's upside down. In the world, when you have a temperature, you're sick. Because God wants to increase our temperature. But in the kingdom, when your temperature is increased, that's, that's a work of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Lord is putting his finger on our finger to increase our temperature. God, God wants to bring warmth. God wants to bring fire to our lives. He wants to bring power and brightness to our light. Don't you, don't you, do you bear witness to that? Are you willing to let God test where you're at? I used to have an English teacher when I was a high school pastor. She said, honey, I have to follow after you with a basket and pick up all your prepositions at the end of a sentence. <laughs> I was like, I have a hard enough time preaching where, I'm supposed to say where you are, not where you're at. Okay. Gladie Alex, she, she forever made an impression on me. Uh, and Paul with the leaders in Antioch. Look what we read here, and I think this is huge for what's going to happen this week. While they were worshiping, this is a New Testament church. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, why do churches not fast anymore? I grew up in a great Bible teaching church, went there my whole life. I never heard of a fast one, not even once. I think there's a call on my life to call others to fast. In fact, I have it on my heart that if you're connected to another church that you love, your kids, your sister, somewhere else in the United States, would you pray about sharing this message with your loved one? Maybe God will awaken in our nation even more and more fasting and praying. They were wor this is a New Testament church. They were worshiping in the, Lord, the Lord and fasting, and the Holy Spirit said... You know what's going to happen this week? The Holy Spirit's going to start speaking to you. He said separate or set apart. The Holy Spirit's going to set you apart for the work that he's called you. What, what is the call on your life? What do, does God have for you in this season of your life? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to discover that? It's connected to prayer and fasting. And the Holy Spirit speaking to you and setting you apart and doing a work in you and showing you you have giftings and showing you that he's, he's got a purpose for you. Well, uh, let's just keep talking about who, and we'll bring that back up on this, the screen. We're just going to go around this circle of understanding fasting. Who is this fast for? It's for your church. Is, is this your church? That'd be a question. Your church is having a corporate fast. Who's it for? It's for your church. It's, it's not just for your church. It's we're very aware that God wants us to get others in these circles that will be here every night. As many people as we can invite, as many young people, as many families, as many, many kids, as many college students, as we can get in those circles and lay hands on them, the Holy Spirit is going to speak to them and move and touch them. But this, this is, it's our church, it's our corporate fast that is putting that on. And uh, the corporate fast for Calvary Corvallis is just uh, everything becomes open to the Lord. 
Anything could stop, anything could start. From now on, we're only going to meet at Sundays at 6 a.m. Or if the Lord said that, right? Or from now on, we're going to have a set. Frankie just about had a heart attack over there. Um, <laughs> from now on, we're going to start having a Saturday night service. Or from now on, there's going to be groups for people struggling with pornography. Or there's going to be singles groups starting. Anything can start. Anything can stop. It's just all open before the Lord. And I want to ask you to be part of this year's um, fast and, and praying. I, I have a friend, he's back in Georgia, and I was telling him how powerful our week of, of fatting and prayer was. I, I, I said fatting instead of fasting. And he wrote back, he goes, we fat and pray all the time here. We don't ever see any power. <laughs> it's fasting and prayer that is so powerful. And I, I want to I I do more than ask you. I want to call you. Is this your church? I want to call you to be part of this fast in some way, this week, this retreat of prayer. Who? Anytime we talk about who, we're going to talk about what next. But who are we fasting for? I always think of this verse. Ultimately, it's for the Lord. And I, I can't ever, never go into a week of fasting and prayer without this resonating in my mind. Say to all the people of the land and to the priests, when you fasted, did you really fast for me? Like, for me, really? You were seeking me? Because that's so powerful when we'll do that corporately. Let's talk about what, so we get a better understanding. What is fasting? And fasting literally means no food. Fa fasting is saying no to food at, at, its, at its core. No to food and yes to God. I, and I love fasting food. I love every type of food. I dream of food. I wake up, I start thinking of food. After I eat, I think of the next meal. I'm just, I mean, I love food. And fasting is saying, God, I love you. I'm hungry for you. I want you more than I want food. Fasting is saying no to food and yes to God. God, I'm going to stop eating for a season that I can, my attention level can rise. What do you want me to say yes to? Fasting is denying the physical to seek the spiritual would be another way to define it. Biblically, fasting primarily means to say no to food, but biblically, it's not just food. Fasting can involve saying no to things that we enjoy and take pleasure in. And we bring up 1 Corinthians 7, 5. Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. It's an important part of marriage. Your marriage will not be good if you're depriving your spouse of sexual relations. Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so you can give yourselves to fasting and prayer. There's a place to say no to food. There's a place to say no to things you enjoy, like sex or exercise or television. 
And you make your own list. Technology, coffee. Oh, I love coffee. Sugar, dark chocolate, right? Like there's a place to say, God, I love you. I want you more than, I I want these things. I want you more. How can I express that to you? By fasting. This has been a picture that for 14 years, it's always been before us. It's the dials. Adam Poole, one of our pastors, spoke this word that God wanted us to turn down this week as many dials as we can so that we can turn up God's voice. How many dials can you turn down? Turn the gym down. Turn the computer off. Turn the television off all week. Turn the music off. What else can you turn down? Turn the sweets off. Turn the coffee off. Turn the sugar off. What You make your list. What could, how many dials could you turn now where you can just turn God's voice up? This could be a pivotal week for you for the rest of your life. And inevitably, that's what happens. Every January becomes the pivotal week of this whole church existence. Because God speaks when people pray and fast. Now, what fasting is not, and I think this is super important, you know, I was so excited, Luke 11, you know, oh, Lord, we're going to go in the new year, Luke 11. And I could just hear the Lord just saying, Rob, you can't guide this body in a fast without, you've got to repeat these things. We've got to all get on the same page. We've got to all be brought to the place where we go into this week of prayer, understanding what we're going into. When we're fasting and praying, it's not to be righteous, Okay, that's, that's huge. I don't, I'm not, I'm not better, I'm not, I don't have better standing with God because I'm fasting. And I'm not less righteous if I fail. I was going to do water only seven days. Day two, I ate some Cheetos, you know, and, and oh, God's so, so disappointed with me. No, he's not. You're not doing it to be righteous, but it can really mess with your mind as you really want to say no to things, but you enter into a, a, a physical battle, a spiritual battle, I think it's worth saying that it's not a hunger strike. It's fasting and prayer, right? I'm not just like killing myself over here until you do it, God. Like it's like more like a hunger strike. No, it's not a hunger strike till you get your will. It's fasting and prayer till he gets his will. And I think it's real important to say it's not a diet. And if you have any type of eating disorders, uh, you shouldn't, I would recommend you not partake in a fast that you say no to food, if that's your struggle. So I think you, you just have to be wise to say, yeah, I do struggle with eating. I do have a disorder. I should not say no to food. There's lots of other things I can say no to. It's not about the health benefits, and there are, you can, you know, get entire apps today about the benefits of fasting, but it's, it's not about physical health, even though fasting is good for you physically, it's about our spiritual health. Let's uh, bring up another box. How about where? Can, can I fast from home? Yes, there'll be hundreds of people fasting from home during this fast. Can I fast while I'm at work? Absolutely. Can I fast over at the school? Absolutely. 
and, and uh, we'll, in a little bit we'll just say it again, that there'll be Zoom prayer meetings that uh, in the morning there'll probably be equal amount of people in the prayer chapel and then right at uh, 7 in the morning we'll be on Zoom. 6 to 7 in the prayer chapel, 7 to 8 on Zoom. In the evenings there'll be hundreds of people here, but when we all go to prayer groups I'll get on Zoom and there'll be hundreds of people online. And it's a, it's a, we, we want to recognize that's a tool that we want to use. But in saying that, keep in mind that this is a corporate fast. And this is one of the most powerful corporate weeks of the year here at the church. If you can be here, be here. If you can't, you can't. But it's so powerful to be together corporately. Listen to what Charles Spurgeon said back in the 1800s. It always resonates with me every year. Our seasons of fasting and prayer at the tabernacle, he pastored there 38 years, have been high days indeed. Never has heaven's gate stood wider. Never have our hearts been nearer the central glory in our lives that when we were a church coming together there at the tabernacle, fasting and praying, it is going to be glorious what goes on here uh, this week. Let's talk about when as we go around the circle of what is fasting. Uh, Jesus said, when you fast, this is very interesting. Bring up Matthew 6, 16. When you fast, you don't want to draw attention to yourself. But it is very interesting. He doesn't say, if you fast. And that's the way most Christians live their life. Like, if, yeah, not, I don't ever really fast. If, it's an if, not when. According to Jesus, it's when you fast. Again, humble starts in two weeks from today. And it's a, a good question to be asking yourself, when, is, when will work for me? Is there any way you can clear your schedule now, knowing that there's these morning prayer meetings, noon prayer meetings in the prayer chapel, evening prayer chapels here in the sanctuary? Right? When is it? When, when, when could I be part of those? Man, my week is so packed. I think it's only the evenings I can be part of. Okay, then, there's your plan. You know what? Six to seven, I could actually make those. I can't do the evenings. But every week, six to, every morning, six to seven, I could do that. Or you know what? Um, the only way I'm going to be able to do it is if I can get on a Zoom call. Well, then get on the Zoom call. Let's uh, talk a little bit more just going around the circle. How about why? Why would we fast and pray? And these are all the reasons we looked at all the scriptures. And I'll, I'll just bring the list up what we saw. Why would you decide to be part of this week? To ask help from God. Do you need help? I think there are, there's someone listening that you need help. And if you would allow there to be a week like this, it would, God would help you in a way that would change your life. As a way to humble ourselves before God. We saw that. For direction. For some of you, this will be a pivotal week that could change your week, your month, even your year, perhaps your life. Breakthrough. Maybe you're somebody that needs breakthrough. You've just been beat down by the same 
pattern. You can't seem to break free of it. Or as we said, a powerful weapon in the spiritual realm, a lost weapon. Maybe this is a week for you to unsheath a weapon that God has given you that you need to learn to wield. Perhaps you're in crisis. It'd be a shame if someone was in crisis and they went, yep, that was a great message, but I'm not, I'm not coming. That would be a shame. It can be a time of repentance. We were burdened last night at the prayer meeting that there's so many unhealthy rhythms in our life, and you know it. Unhealthy rhythms that need broken. Unhealthy patterns that you do. And there's a place to repent. Uh, you fast for answers. We fast for revival. We fast for victory. We fast to seek and hear God. That's, that's all the verses we went over. And then let's just go to the last box, how. How do we fast? So as we said earlier, there's an absolute fast. And that can be, let's bring that up, that can be no food or water. Have you ever done that? Maybe try it for one day. One whole day that you're just like, God, I am so hungry. I am so thirsty for you. Rob, I, I, I work. How can I bother? The fast starts on Sunday. It goes to the following Saturday. Have to be the right day. You'd have to plan. There's a normal fast, which just means no food. Maybe God would be speaking to you. Hey, I'm going to fast for two days. Never fasted before. I'm going to fast for four days. There was a guy a couple of years ago, just this giant athlete, and he said, yep, seven days, no food. And he did it. God changed his life. And I was telling him, uh, you know, what are you going to eat when the week ends? He goes, I'm getting the biggest steak I can buy. And I go, you, you know, you might just want to maybe start with some fruit or soup. And he got the biggest steak he could buy. And he goes, I was fine. He goes, I could eat in two of them. But you pray, is it an absolute fast for a day? Is, it, is God speaking to you? You know what? I've never fasted three days. I think that's the number. I've never fasted five days. I've never fasted for a whole week. It could be a partial fast is the third category. Like we said, a Daniel fast or Bill Bright from Campus Crusade made popular a juice fast. He's led thousands and thousands to do a kind of like a Daniel fast. No white wine, no meat, no uh, pleasant food, but I'll just have juice. Let, let's bring up again that uh, when we talk about a partial fast, that Daniel verse, I ate no pleasant food. No meat or wine came into my mouth, right? Maybe your fast would be some type of partial fast. Like, you know what? I'm gonna, I don't think I'm supposed to watch TV that week. Oh, I sense God's saying no coffee, but I need to pray about that. <laughs> you know, I don't think that could be God. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and you, you pray about it. Maybe, you know, it could be a combination of things, Maybe what God would speak to someone else, he wouldn't speak to you, or what he'd speak to you, he's not speaking to someone else. But if you'll give some time, Lord, how, do I, how could I turn dials down? What could I say no to so that I could be saying yes to you all week? 
And then let me just again, uh, just some last things, super practical. If you take medications, you have to talk to your doctor first if you're planning on fasting from food. Just got to talk to them. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Can you give me some counsel? Don't, don't just blow into a, a no food fast if you have medications, just to be wise. Should kids fast? No. Kids should not fast. If they really wanted to, maybe they could give up their dessert or their, you know, you, if, if that's their desire. The last thing you want is a kid to feel like they're being punished. Can teenagers fast? Absolutely. That's, they're starting to cross that line where, hey, as it's their desire, they can start to, uh, I remember my first fast was a Dr. Pepper fast as a, as a teenager. I don't, don't recommend that. Um, I just drank, I just kept drinking more and more Dr. Pepper. I was so hungry, but um, that's where I started. And um, here's, a, here's a question. If I'm not Fasting, can I still come and pray? And of course, the answer is yes, please. You don't have to be fasting. This is a week of prayer. But I do think you'll get a lot more out of it if you'll ask the questions, how could I turn dials down? What, what could I say no to? And then why don't we have the worship team come back up? We're going to take communion. And it, uh, I'm just going to put a verse up before us to end the morning does seem like a good place to finish. I'm going to put up 1 Peter 5.5. 5. Do you know, you know this verse? I, I think of this verse an awful lot, especially in our interpersonal relationships with each other, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Whenever you are the proud person, then God's, another translation says, God is against the proud. Whenever you're the proud person, God's against you. Whenever you're the humble person, God gives you grace. Grace is favor. Favor you don't deserve. Blessing you don't deserve. And I think I, this verse is on my heart that this is, we just, we're two weeks out. And we just start a posture where we're humbling ourselves. You know, I, I thought um, several times this week, maybe someone would even start a 21-day fast from this church and you would start covering the body the next two weeks before we start. Another thought this morning, maybe as the week of fasting is coming, there's people that you're not right with and it's a drag on your soul. Maybe you could identify who you could humble yourself before to get right with them. Wouldn't it be great to go into a week of prayer and fasting and there's nobody that you're at odds with? Something to think about. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. That's what we're going to do right now. We're going to start that posture of humbling ourselves under God's mighty hand. And look what it says that he may exalt you in due time. That's an interesting thing that, again, the kingdom is totally different than the world. In the world, you scrape and kick and climb over and tear apart any way you can climb the corporate ladder to become successful. But in the kingdom, the way up is down. 
In the kingdom, when you humble yourself, then God will lift you up. Jesus said, I know how to humble those that are proud, and I know how to exalt those who are humble. What, what might God do if this was the, the beginning of posture of you just really humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God? Well, what you'll find is in his timing, as you humble yourself, he'll, he'll exalt you. He'll start to use you. He'll start to let your life count. He'll start to use your gifts. He'll start to work by his spirit in you for his glory. And then the last thing we see, and I think it goes along with this morning, Casting all your care upon him. You know what cast means, right? You got to let go of it. <laughs> so you can't cast. <laughs> it's still in your hand. Cast, you got you to gotta let go. What is, what is it that is crushing you? What is it that's just weighing on you? What is it that's just sucking the life out of you? burdening you, choking you, right? You can cast that on the Lord. He cares about you. Lord, you can, you can carry that. I'm not supposed to carry that. You carry that. Let's, let's uh, just, just bow our heads, could we, and just, just enter into that humble posture and just let the Lord talk to us. And Joseph, why don't you guys um, uh, play in... And just a little bit, I'll invite you to come up and take the communion back to your seat. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, then, then you're invited to come. You're remembering what Jesus did for you at the cross. His body was broken for you there at the cross. He took, took your sins upon himself. His blood, as we take the Jews who are remembering his blood, cleanses us from all of our sins.